It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Monday. I'm James Arpine. It's great to be with you. Tony Pike going to join me to talk about that game last night. Coming up on about 60 seconds or so. A quick reminder, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. I wrote about the Bengals at LockedOnBengals.com. Five observations. From the Bengals' loss to Kansas City, there's a ton more on the website, including every single podcast, including my the Bengals' bungle primetime again in Kansas City podcast, my instant reaction pod. If you missed it last night, you can hear from player reaction, get some player reaction, uh, rather, with uh, Marvin Lewis, A.J. Green, C.J. Uzama, and more, that at LockedOnBengals.com. But I caught up with Tony Pike, and uh, we talked about the game and so much more. Here's my conversation with Tony. Tony Pike, former Bengals quarterback. He was with the Bengals for a couple of days and, and certainly might have been able to help them yesterday. How you doing? I'm great. You, you, you know, good? All, you, all you, you recovered? Said, you know, I've, I've recovered. Going into the season, I didn't expect to win last night anyway, but the fact of how it happened took a while to get over. But you look, the Carolina Panthers erased a 17-point deficit in the fourth quarter, so I couldn't be all that mad. Yeah, I'm with you. How they lost is the yeah. is the problem. Don't bring up the Carolina Panthers, all right? No one cares about Cam Newton. Okay? Right, okay? Stop being a homer because you actually did play for Carolina. Um, but how you lose matters. Like, how you do something matters. Right. I talked about that today on ESPN 1530. And the, how the Bengals went about it was something all too familiar for Bengals fans. Were they good at any point at anything? Is there any positive you can take away from yesterday because I can't really think of one facet of the game that they won at. Maybe Randy Bullock won for one at field goal, but they shouldn't have attempted that field goal, yeah. so I don't think that counts. Uh, Bullock going one for one, and then I think at one point in the game, Dalton had 111 passing yards, and A.J. Green had 110 receiving. <laughs> so, I mean, at that point, A.J. Green's a positive, but other than that, man, that was that was one of the most demoralizing Bengals game to sit and watch. Um that I that I think I've I've watched and had I not you know done the Tony and Mo show today and all that I probably would have turned the thing off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just that frustrating because I think you knew going into the game uh, this was going to be one even at the beginning of the season going to Arrowhead was going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you looked at it, yeah, it was going to be tough to stop Kansas City. But that was a, a defense on pace for a historically bad. They're the worst uh, defense right. in the NFL through six weeks. Right, and and they had a they had a in chance history. to be the worst in NFL history. Yes. And they come out last night, and they all look like the steel curtain out there. It was, <laughs> it was unbelievable how they were able to dictate and do whatever they wanted. And that's what I want to ask you about is is the offense because that's where this game might not have been lost, mm-hmm. but I expected a loss. Where this game turned into a blowout was the Bengals' offense coming up very lame. I think Bill Lazor. I've been very critical of him. I think he was awful uh, yesterday. I wrote today that he left his 2018 playbook at Paul Brown Stadium and brought the 2017 edition. There was no creativity. It was dull. It was stale. 
Um, he never gave Joe. He, really, no one was in position to succeed from Joe Mixon mm-hmm. to Andy Dalton, um, Tyler Boyd, John, John Ross. Ross. They don't get the ball to any of those guys. Those are yeah. good weapons. C.J. Uzama. That's enough. I know their Eifert's out and Geo's out, and you don't have your full plethora of weapons that you did on paper in training camp. They still have plenty of guys in zero of those guys were in position to succeed. Yeah, going into the game, the exciting part for me was, okay, I'm going to be able to watch a shootout because I've watched Kansas City for weeks now not stop anyone on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going in, the Bengals get the ball first. You're excited because it's an opportunity to go down and, and score early and make Kansas City play catch-up. Yep. And I think that would have made a, a huge statement. The worst possible thing happens. You come out and you go three and out. <laughs> And and to have multiple three and outs against the Chiefs, yeah. to get the ball before the half, thinking you could come back and score, and it turned into Kansas City points, uh, the the fake punt debauchery that was, uh, where the Chiefs now miss a field goal and end up getting points because we don't convert. It it to me it just it's opportunities missed and it's it, it feels like rocket science when we have the ball compared to when other teams have the ball. Mm-hmm. Why does A.J. Green not get down the field throws? Why in the first quarter on second and two and Kansas City loads the box, does John Ross not get a one-on-one matchup down the field? If there's any look for John Ross to use his speed, it's on a on a third or fourth-string cornerback where he's going to get a free release and use his speed to get over the top of the defense. They mm-hmm. don't do that. And then you watch you watch Kansas City – if Kansas City wants to get Travis Kelsey the ball, they have five ways to get him the ball. Yep. If Kareem Hunt wants a, a pass, they have five ways. If Tyreek Hill needs the ball, if Sammy Watkins, there are, are ways designed. You saw the Tyreek Hill motion into the backfield and go behind the quarterback. There's all kinds of ways that you can you can game plan and, and schematically get guys the ball, and it just seems like the Bengals aren't able to do that. I'm high on John Ross, and Tony Pike is with us here on the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm high on him. You know that. You were there with me on draft night when I celebrated. I don't think he's Tyreek Hill, but he doesn't have to be in this offense. He just needs to be a piece of the puzzle. How should they use him, one? And two, I didn't see any motions. I didn't see any designed, uh, manufactured plays for Ross. I didn't really see any manufactured plays for anyone except A.J. Green, I don't like that at all. I, it should be the opposite for me. Uh, there, there should be a, a way to get Ross the ball here, a way to get Ross the ball there. Same with Boyd. I think he's earned that. A.J. Green and obviously Joe Mixon, and that's not the case. But how should the Bengals be using Ross, and why do you think they're not? Well, one, apparently Joe Mixon can only catch balls in the flats. Yeah. He can't catch anything over the middle. One-handed. The, yeah. I, I hate that. I don't get that. I don't get our, our most consi- arguably our most consistent Tyler Boyd was not utilized at all last night mm-hmm. until the game was out of hand. Uh, and, and it is. It's John Ross. The, the way that Tyreek Hill is used, you saw the, they used it twice last night where he motioned across the backfield, lined up in the backfield, and then went behind the quarterback. Mm-hmm. The first play, he got it on a swing pass. And the second play was just designed for him to pull the defense, and Mahomes hits the slant on the inside. That, to me, John Ross doesn't have to be Tyreek Hill, but you can use him in ways like that. Absolutely. Why can't you get creative? Why can't John Ross come in the backfield in motion? Mm-hmm. And, and flash out because if anything, it's going to pull the defense and open up a window for A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. I just – you don't see any of that. Like I said, I, I wrote it down last night because I'm sitting there watching early. It, it was a perfect opportunity, second and two. And that's something that at some point Andy Dalton needs to recognize. Sure. Second and two, eight guys in the box. you got a four-string cornerback, which the Chiefs were depleted in the secondary. A four-string cornerback, one-on-one on John Ross with, with three yards of separation – why isn't that a situation in the game where we're taking a shot down the field? And and that, to me, 
goes and, and speaks volumes on Bill Lazor. Mm-hmm. It speaks volumes on what Andy Dalton is seeing and, and, and dissecting out there because I think Joe Mixon still got the first down, but that's a chance early in the game that you have. You knew you were going to need explosive plays last night. You knew you were going to have to rely on Joe Mixon. Why John Ross can't be a part of this game plan and, and say, hey, here are five routes going into a game that I know I can get touches for John Ross. That should be implemented with every player in that offense. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think it's it's interesting. Some fans have talked about, and I get it, they talk about Ross's durability, and apparently he re-aggravated the groin injury. Um, and that's certainly a huge question mark. You notice Tyreek Hill didn't take many hits? No. He's, Everyone talks about, oh, he, he's thicker. No, he just doesn't get hit. He does not get he's hit. He's elusive, and he will make it a point to go to the sideline. Runs right out of bounds. He runs out of bounds. It's might, genius. Right. It's uh, he avoids every hit. He does. I don't know how many times. How many times did he get tackled? Kickoff or punt not returns. Many. He gets what he can and gets out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Even when he catches the ball in the middle of the field, he'll make two guys miss and get to the sideline and yep. run. It's it's incredible, and and a lot of that goes to the abysmal tackling of the Bengals last night, but. It also goes to the fact of a guy understanding, hey, I'm going to get what I can for the team and I'll get out of bounds. Yeah, I'm not going to take those hits. Right. So and it was th- even, I think late in the game, it was a third and eight, and he got about four yards and ran out of bounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, you're in control. You don't need it. Don't take any unnecessary hits. I, I, I just think that was the first time I've been able to watch a full game of the Chiefs and see how unique Tyreek Hill is and what a weapon he can be. But that also is the genius of Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. No Andy doubt guys about it. Like that, getting Sammy Watkins, Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey. It doesn't have to be all of them. I mean, Kareem Hunt led the NFL in rushing last year, and before last night, you barely heard much about him all year. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he has three touchdowns last night, and looks like the most untackable running back in the history of of football. Yeah, Dre Kirkpatrick and Vontez, yes. perfect. I want to ask you about those guys. One more on the offense, though. And I know they needed to get the ball to, to Joe Mixon and get him going, but naturally in a game like this, you want to get A.J. Green going. They got it to him, mm-hmm. but it, you mentioned how it felt difficult on offense. Even when they scored that touchdown, wasn't it a difficult kind of hard drive? They had to grind through it to go get seven, and you're like, okay, well, maybe things will open up. One thing I have noticed, and you pointed this out to your credit a couple weeks ago, A.J. Green hasn't had any deep downfield throws. It's almost like he turned 30. Yep. And they realized he can't go 45 yards down the field. I mean, they, they have not thrown him one deep ball this year that yep. I can recall. I mean, under 35 yards, I yeah. don't recall a Andy Dalton drop back. In the air. And throw it in the air. And and we made the comment, I think it was off air last week during the, the Tony Mo show, watching the Patriots and Tom Brady, when Tom Brady throws a deep ball, he puts as much arc on that ball as possible. Yep. And it does two things. One, it allows the receiver to more time to react. But it's also harder for a defensive back who's who's trace, chasing a receiver to get his timing down. And a lot of times with with Tom Brady, you see pass interference calls. Mm-hmm. Andy Dalton is it's it's so much of a line, and there, there's not much air into the ball that there's not much reaction time. And I think that it hurt on the John Ross deep ball last night. Uh, it hurts when when you don't even try AJ Green down the field. But that's there's there's some point in me that also wonders with AJ Green. I feel like more this year than any year. After a catch or two, he's taken himself out of the game. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree. Know, I don't know if he's injured, but the, it, it seems like on last week before the, the last drive, he said he tried to take himself out and that he couldn't get come out of the game. Mm-hmm. You saw last night when he had one or two catches, he would go to the sideline. I just I don't recall him ever taking himself out much. Yeah. And it seems like this year he's taken himself out a lot more. And I don't know if he's dealing with some type of undisclosed injury or he's playing through uh, the injury from the Carolina game, but... 
he he doesn't seem like he's a hundred percent to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even the the drop yesterday, I know it was underthrown on the corner route, but that's a play where historically he goes down to a knee and makes that catch. Yeah, he might have slid to right. make it. Yeah, and, and makes, but he he just doesn't look a hundred percent to me. But still, if if you're not going to go into a game and and take chances down the field, then a defense is going to just continue to collapse and make things a lot harder for because everyone. Well, you got to give Joe Mixon the ball. You got to possess the ball. I watched the the Cowboys and Redskins last night. At one point in the game, the Redskins had ten guys in the box. Yep. Just dare, and everyone says, "Well, Zeke Zeke Elliott had a bad game." Well, Zeke Elliott was going against two extra defenders because they're daring Dak Prescott. We're starting to see that now of of teams saying, "I mean, the fact that Kansas City last night played majority man to man coverage against AJ Green and our receivers should have been a slap in the face." Sure. Of our offense. Yeah. Because they basically said, look, we'll, we'll stop Joe Mixon because we'll load the box and we'll play man-to-man on the receivers. And if we get beat, we get beat. That's insane. And it, it's insane. They should have gotten destroyed. With a historically bad NFL defense mm-hmm. to be able to play man-to-man against Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, even Joe Mixon out of the backfield, it was, to me, is a joke. That's scheme, right? Yep. It, yeah, absolutely. Because you, you see on the other side of the ball last night what scheming to get your playmakers the ball does. Last thing for you, Tony, on the offense, Andy Dalton. Um, I, I said Blandy Dalton's back. I, I think overall he wasn't maybe as bad as the numbers say, completed 15 of 29, had a touchdown, had the pick six. Certainly wasn't good, though, and I think there was a, a moment in the game where it was going to go one way or the other, and certainly it went uh, the other uh, or, or the way that, that it looked like it was going. Your thoughts on how Andy Dalton played? Again, it's it's what we've seen through the course of Andy Dalton's career. Uh, there's – Big plays to be made at big times in games, and they don't get made. Uh, you know, they 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 feasted on a really bad Atlanta Falcons defense, and it was mm-hmm. a great win, but that was a, a beat-up and depleted secondary that's given up points to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't make the plays against Pittsburgh when we need to. Uh, we get a, a missed field goal last night, and when we get the ball in the 40 with a chance to go down and tie the game, and we go three and out. Yeah. That, that, to me, they they don't take advantage of opportunities they have. They miss throws. The pick six. I don't. Even, if that wasn't intercepted, it was going to be intercepted by two other guys. <laughs> yes, I don't know where I he mean, was going. Was, and was, he had two or three that right. were dropped that should have been picked. It was the first couple weeks. It felt different. Mm-hmm. He was spreading the ball out. Tyler Boyd was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, against the worst defense in the NFL, we we lose Tyler Boyd last night. We don't take down the field chances. Uh, we don't get Joe Mixon involved unless he's running to the flats. Uh, it, it to me is just. A situation at some point of his career, if he is ever going to take that step, he he has to show up in a big game and make plays at big times. Not when you're winning by ten, or not when you're playing the Miami Dolphins at home in a one o'clock start. Mm-hmm. But you eventually, in prime time, have to go out and make plays. And if that's not the case, then next time they have the option to get flexed, if it's possible, they should turn it down. You can catch the Tony and Mo Football Show every single Monday following the Bengals game on ESPN fifteen thirty. He's Tony Pike. Follow him on Twitter. At T Pike 16. Up next, we're going to talk about the defense, and I'm going to ask Tony about that. Terrell Austin, Vontez Perfect, and more. But first, a word from swap.com. Swap.com is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. With swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, Gap, and so much more. There are quality hand inspected items that are added daily why buy new kids clothing if they're just going to outgrow them in a few months don't pay for brand new brand name clothes get high quality used clothes at a much better price and you get a special offer 
For our listeners, just for listening to Locked On Bengals, you're going to get 35% off select items with your first order with promo code Locked On. It's swap.com. Get Nike. Get Under Armour. Get J. Crew. Get Lululemon. Whatever brand you're looking for, they got it at swap.com. And if something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle free returns within 30 days and find new deals every day on swap.com's homepage. Again, 30, 35% off. It's swap.com. Promo code Locked On. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Tony, let's discuss Vontez Perfect. Uh, Vontez Perfect is a guy that I thought last week, after he gets fined $112,000, uh, he's getting destroyed on national shows and local shows and local media and, and national columnists, et cetera, that it was an opportunity to remind everyone uh, that he could be an elite linebacker, that there was a reason the Bengals have kept him around. I wrote about it. I talked about it on this podcast. He went out there. And I thought he was awful. He had two tackles. Am I missing something here? I think he had more missed tackles than he did tackles. What did you think of Burfick's performance? At at some point, I thought the NFL came in and said, we're going to fine you per tackle. It seemed like that, didn't it? That's why he just said, okay, I'm not going to make any tackles. (laughs) It it just, to me, like you said, there's there's one way in, in this league to silence the critics, to silence the doubters, and it's on the field. Mm-hmm. And he just came off a $112,000 fine, all this negative publicity. He had an opportunity to go out there and play the game of his career for the Bengals and shut everybody up and say, this is why I'm here. This is why I get paid. And he did just the opposite. I don't know if it's injury related, but for the second week in a row, you see a shot of him on, this, on the bench while the defense is still out there with his helmet off. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's pouting because he's missing tackles or what. Uh, he's flopping more than I've ever seen right now. You think he's going to get fined for flopping? I mean, I he, mean he is flopping. You're bad. right. He gets touched, and then he wonders why he doesn't get calls. It but was now, the Jerome Simpson flop right. from years ago where he's like, oh, right. and he jumps. Multiple times. Yes. <laughs> Multiple times. So not only now is he pushing the issue with tackling. I mean, he pushed it yesterday. It looked like he was trying to roll on the ground when he had somebody's ankle. It, he had Spencer Ware's yeah, ankle, yeah. It's, it's just like he's pushing the issue, and then on the opposite side, he's flopping. It's like he's, it's like he's <laughs> protesting – Against the refs, and it's 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 one. It's thing. a good way to get on the red yeah. to get on their bad side even more. But historically, he's been like that. But it's mm-hmm. always been, you know, what his play makes up for it. Mm-hmm. Now what? Now when his play's not making up for it, and you're still seeing the antics. Now what's the answer? Because he's not the same player right now. Mm-hmm. You you never see him miss that many tackles. Travis Kelsey handled him blocking the last night. Kareem Hunt ran through him a couple times. I mean, I think the one tackle perfect had on Kareem Hunt was Kareem Hunt delivering the tackle yes. and just falling down. Yeah, I mean, he, Burfick, he held on. Yeah, he, he got stunned. And to me, it's, it's 
I mean, you, you had every opportunity last night to go out there and change the narrative, and you're part of a defense that gives up 45 points to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, in, in this defense, and let's talk about that defense. Terrell Austin uh, in the defense, 31st in the league in yards allowed, 429 yards per game. Only, guess who? The Chiefs Ooh. are worse even still. after yesterday, still worse yeah. than the Bengals. And the Bengals 31st in points given up is what? 29 per game. Only San Francisco worse in that department. Um, it didn't seem like the Bengals, and I expected them to give up a bunch of points, yeah. but they didn't even get in the way of the Chiefs. The Chiefs didn't punt at no all. Punts. And it really it felt like if, if Pat Mahomes was throwing to Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins without any Bengals defenders on the field, it would have been the same result. There was no resistance from the Bengals' defense. Yeah, for the, the second week in a row, we, we get zero to minimal pressure. Andrew Billings has a sack. Dunlap uh, was credited Dunlap with gets one. credited one, which I don't – I don't uh, remember yeah. when it was, but yeah. yeah. At that point of the, the night, it was just – everything was a blur because we were, the <laughs> Chiefs had just looked like red flashes of red going up and down the field. Yeah. But the problem I have is, yes, you're bad, and yes, I know you have tough matchups against the Chiefs, but it's almost like last night they just sat there and took it. Mm -hmm. I remember third down, and I tweeted about it. There was a third and long, and we rushed three. Um, mm -hmm. There was multiple times last night where it seems like big plays where you finally get Kansas City to a third down, and you run a base defense. And, and when you go into a game like that, if, if you can't get pressure with your front three and four, which we haven't been able to do, against a rookie quarterback, basically, you've you got to try to do something. Try to you confuse gotta, him something, you got to try right? to get him off his mark. Playing base cover two, base cover three, which he's seen since he was in high school, isn't going to do it. And now he's got all the weapons, and you got guys going to the sideline with guys going down the middle, and, and they're easy reads for him mm -hmm. because he's able to sit back there comfortably in the pocket. You know, I, I, I'll take Mahomes having on a third and 12, having to scramble and move and, and make an unbelievable throw down the field. I'll live with that. But on third and 12, when he gets to drop back in the pocket where the Bengals drop eight and you find Tyreek Hill in the middle of the field, 14 yards down in the zone with no one around him, that's where I have a problem because now you're – yeah, we get that, that matchups are bad. We get that the linebackers can't cover. Mm -hmm. uh, we get that you're without Darquez Denard and Sean Williams is struggling game in and game out. But what are you doing about it? What's your answer when we heard, oh, this is going to be an aggressive defense. We're going to force turnovers. Well, you got to blitz and you got to change things up and put pressures on to do that, and they're not doing that. And, I and, and people, people say Kansas City offense this and that. Tampa Bay isn't an offense to laugh at. They're a really good offense. Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard now, Jameis Winston. Cameron Brait. Cameron Like This isn't a, this is an offense coming in here now that's, okay, we get a, a week to recover. Mm -hmm. This is an offense now watching that game last night, licking their chops yes. on ways that they can now exploit this defense. So something needs to change sooner than later, or else you're going to continue to give up a lot of points, and you're going to get to that stretch of games where you – you hate to say it this early in the season, you call stuff must win. Yeah, I, and, and you have to. And, I, and that's where this defense is at right now because, like you said, you come out last night and you lose 30-28. to 28. Okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. But you give up 45 and you don't even look competitive. Yeah, if it's 45-38, it's okay. Right. Yep. You get the ball at the end of the – you get the ball at the end of the – or Kansas City gets at the end of the half and you just go into a prevent knowing that they have two timeouts and a minute and 20. <laughs> I mean, it, that, After you had just gone right, three and out with right. great field position, right. that was a down twenty one seven. That was a statement last night, and you can talk about coaching and decisions, whatever. There's a reason Patrick Mahomes was in that game late, mm -hmm. and and I think and it, it gets overlooked even with Jeff Driscoll at the end. Never underestimate a chance in a live game to teach and work on stuff that you might need later in the year. Mm -hmm. 
Spencer Ware getting meaningful snaps with Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Other receivers getting meaningful snaps with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, trying to score late in the game on a fourth down. Mm -hmm. uh, and, then, and then the Bengals get the ball back and they're happy to run the, run the clock out. That, that could have been an opportunity with Jeff Driscoll to say, hey, work on the two-minute drill. Mm -hmm. we're, down, we're down six. We need a touchdown. Let's see what you can do. If you want to call timeouts, call timeouts. But don't just don't sit there and roll over like we saw last night, punting the ball on fourth and three, uh, kicking a field goal when you're down. What was it, thirty-one to seven? Yeah, or something thirty-one-seven. Like you're you're just field goal team. Over. Where's Randy? Right. You're, you're, what are you what are you instilling in your team when you just roll over like that? and let a team continue to work and do whatever they want to offensively and defensively. You can follow Tony on Twitter, at tpike16. Let's look ahead a little bit. Tampa Bay, earlier today, I declared it, must win. Mm -hmm. Said it on ESPN 1530. I don't think they can go to 4-4. Four and four. You go to 4-4 four and four before the bye with New Orleans coming in. After that, you're in big, big trouble, um, at least in my eyes. Is Sunday a must win against Tampa? Yeah, it has to be. Uh, because of your reeling right now. Mm -hmm. If you lose a three-point or a seven-point game last night, you're, you're not in a situation like you are right now. But we just saw the Pittsburgh scenario reemerge. Re we just saw a huge loss to Kansas City where it feels like, oh, here we go again. And it, to me, it feels like this team's reeling. Mm -hmm. And now you got a good Kansas or a good Tampa Bay offense, obviously a good New Orleans offense, and a Baltimore team where you got to go to Baltimore that's playing well. Still got to go to right. the Chargers. Still got to go to the Chargers. You still got Denver. Mm -hmm. Who Say what Here. you want about Denver. Denver can get after you defensively. No doubt. Denver has weapons on offense. Uh, and, and you still have, obviously, Pittsburgh. And you got Cleveland twice. Mm -hmm. And Cleveland is no longer two wins on the schedule. Well, you, as crazy as their, their season has been with overtimes and things like that, that's a competitive football team that, that continues to battle. They haven't lost a game that wasn't competitive. Right. You know, right. The Chargers, I guess, would yeah. be the one, but, but that's you're it. But not, you're not in a situation now where you look at the schedule and you say, okay, Cleveland, that's two wins automatically. Mm -hmm. We don't have that anymore. Maybe Oakland is a, is, a, is a guaranteed win, but other than that, you better win against Tampa Bay or it's going to be a, a long bye week. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's Tony Pike. Follow him on Twitter, at tpike sixteen. If you had to guess right now, I'm putting you on the spot. Do they make the playoffs? Oh, man. Three weeks ago, I'd have said 100%. Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm still going to give them like a 60-40 chance that they make the playoffs. But a lot of that, this three-game stretch, I think, is going to decide a lot. Because it feels like Pittsburgh is getting right. Mm -hmm. uh, Baltimore, even with that loss yesterday. And, and, and a side note, Justin Tucker getting up after the game and talking about how if he's ever going to teach his kids something about – being a man, it's when you struggle to stand up here and take criticism. So standing up there and answering questions after the game when he missed his first extra point of his career yesterday I think was great. But they played New Orleans really well. You're going to see those two teams out of your next three. It's a big three weeks if you want to make the playoffs and, and finish out this year. I appreciate the time, Tony. I'll talk to you soon. I mean, I'll, I'll see you at, at 3.05 today, but thanks for coming on the podcast. Can't wait. <laughs> He's Tony Pike. Good stuff from him. Uh, we have a, a ton to get to. If you missed it uh, on LockedOnBengals.com, five observations from the Bengals' 45-10 to beatdown at the hands of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yesterday's Instant Reaction podcast is well up there and so much more. A quick reminder to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm James Erpine. Thanks for listening. Back at it tomorrow on the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.